Thank you, worship team, for the way that you have been leading us this week. It's been so beautiful. Can I tell one more story about my kids? Is that okay? All right, cool. All right. Uh, I told you already I have twin sons, Luke and Sam. They're eight years old. And a few years ago, uh, one of them gave me this picture right here as a gift. Uh, this picture that he drew of a snowman. And uh, so we've got a little bit of a, uh, we've got the scarf and the, there's an umbrella. So a little bit of a Mr. Tumnus kind of thing going on there. We got earmuffs. And I was like, man, this is so great. Thank you, buddy. This is such a great drawing. And I'm especially impressed with this window that you drew behind him where we can see the snow falling there in the window. And he said, no, dad, that's not a window. That's his pizza hat. Indeed it is. Indeed, it, I can't unsee that now. <laughs> can't unsee that. All right. My prayer for us through this week that as we've been in this image of the vine, that there is this shift of perspective. All right. Maybe this is an image that you've been familiar with and you've seen it in a certain way. But my prayer is that as we have been walking through this together, that the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes, opened your hearts to see this familiar image in a new and fresh way. And I'm praying that he keeps pressing us into that this morning as we're together. So we're going to walk through this next piece of this. Uh, so far, we've been talking about Jesus describing himself as the true vine. And this is part of his last words to his disciples when he's gathered with them on this last night that he has with them before he'll be arrested, before he'll be put on trial, before he'll be taken to his crucifixion, which of course leads to his resurrection. Amen. Amen. Yes. Um, and so in this last moment that he has, he describes himself as the true vine. This reminder to them that in every place that they have failed, he will be faithful. And there's so much hope. That is the gospel hope for us. That Jesus has accomplished for us what we could never accomplish for ourselves. And our hope is in him alone and so he says that he is the true vine he says that his father is the gardener this image of the gardener that sweeps all the way through the scriptural scriptural narrative from page one all the way to the last image that we get in scripture we get the garden of eden at the beginning and then this image of the city of god where all things are restored where all things are made right and made new all things reconciled to himself and this description of this city but within and around this 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 flourishing image of these trees bearing fruit and leaves for the healing of the nations and so we see this all the way throughout he is the good and loving seasoned expert gardener he knows how far to cut and you can trust him in that pruning process and you can trust that as he's pruning and cutting back the branches from that very place of cutting you are going to see abundant and amplified growth that growth happens at the point of the pain part of the nature of a fruit-bearing vine where you cut it the vine sends out more growth 
in that same very spot. So now we're moving on in, uh, deeper into this image, and we're going to be talking about this idea of abiding in the vine, what it means to abide in the vine. So let's hear these words of Jesus together from John chapter 15. We're going to go verses 1 through 8. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, they're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of this word, for the way that this image continues to give us life thank you for being a teacher who is so creative that we can never get to the end of what it is that you're teaching us there is always more to learn and as we grow it seems as if the word is growing as well and you continue to invite us deeper and deeper and deeper into the meaning that you give us we pray that that would happen for us today. Help us to hear you and help us to respond. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be uh, looking at this idea of abiding in the vine, what it looks like to abide in the vine and then for the vine to produce this fruit in us. Many of you have probably heard of a leader from uh, Christian history named Watchman Nee. He was a leader in the underground church in China. And uh, when persecution from the government came against the church in China, uh, historians debate on, on the numbers, and you're going to find different numbers in different places. But they believe that somewhere there were somewhere around three to five million Christians in China at this time. And as the government began to persecute them, the church was forced underground. And they were forced into these underground secret church, uh, home church networks. And so the thought was that, of course, under such persecution, this was going to decimate the church. And as it's forced underground, how is it possible for the church to grow under the threat of death and imprisonment? But as missionaries came back in after that opened back up again and they began to look at what happened during that time because of the way that the Holy Spirit was moving through this network of secret churches in the underground church in China. On the other side of that, it's believed that now there were somewhere around 60 million Christians. Amplified, abundant growth, even under the persecution, the threat of death and imprisonment. Watchman Nee was a key leader in that underground church movement. He was a key leader in that. This is a person who knows something about abundant fruit, right? 
This is a person who knows something about exponential growth. But listen to what he has to say to us about exponential growth and abundant fruit. Here's what he says about fruit growing in our lives. He says this, do you believe that Jesus will treat you in the same way that a tree treats the branches? Get this. You do not bear fruit for him. Instead, he bears fruit through you. You do not bear fruit for him. Instead, he bears fruit through you. This is a person who lived this. He spent the last 20 years of his life in prison. He died in prison for the cause of Christ, for the sake of the kingdom of God. This is a person who saw it firsthand, and he he warns us and he challenges us. You don't bear fruit for him. He bears fruit through you. It's very easy to get that backwards, but let me give you this warning. I'm begging with you. I'm pleading with you. Do not get this backwards. If you do, if you think that somehow your obedience is going to trigger God's grace to you, your obedience is going to trigger God's love for you, if you get this backwards, then you will spend your life living a twisted and torturous shadow of Christianity. You will become a slave to performance and anxiety will rule your life. You will be a stranger to joy and assurance. But if you understand this concept of abiding in the vine and understand it's not about you striving and straining to produce fruit for him, but instead abiding in him so that he can produce fruit through you then the story turns on its head the writer Richard Foster says the fruit of the spirit is not hustle push pull or strain live a life rooted in the vine resting in the vine remaining and abiding in the vine abiding is slow work Poet and pastor Eugene Peterson called it a long obedience in the same direction. And we have to realize that God is not just looking for this flash of fast fruit in your life. He wants to nurture and cultivate fruit that will last. A flourishing life of relationship and abiding in him. There is urgency in the kingdom of God no doubt there is urgency in the great commission there is urgency in the mission of the kingdom no doubt there is urgency but there is not hurry my friends Cam and Kevin and I were talking last night in the student center and we were talking about this concept that Jesus probably never moved much faster than three miles an hour if you think about his transportation you know that, that, that Jesus was, was moving, slow moving through his life. There's an urgency, absolutely, but there's not hurry. There's action, absolutely, but there's not just busyness and activity. There's rest, not this restlessness, frantic restlessness. There is movement, exponential movement, absolutely. There is movement, but it's more than just motion. 
He's inviting you into this counterintuitive life of abiding. To abide means to dwell, to live in, to make your home in. In the translation that we're looking at, the translation that I'm, that I'm most familiar with and that I read and study the most, it uses the word remain. But in a lot of other translations, it uses the word abide. And I'll be honest with you, my confession is that I'm way more comfortable with the word remain because I feel like it's easier to get my mind around what that means. Whereas the word abide felt intimidating to me because it has this mystical kind of quality to it. And I don't exactly know what that means, all right? When I think about what it means to abide in Christ, to abide in the vine, There's mystery around that for me, and so it's intimidating. But I've learned in my life, and let me pass this lesson on to you. I've learned in my life, if I ever come across a passage or an image or a parable or a story that intimidates me, that's actually an invitation from the Holy Spirit to lean into that. That's an invitation into growth. If it makes me uncomfortable, if it's, if it, if it, messes with my orientation then that is an invitation to growth because that's what growth feels like and so I want to lean into this term abide as we walk through this together because it's the more intimidating version of that word and to abide it it means to dwell to live in to make your home in it it can mean different things for one it can mean to remain in place to remain in place. This is a very transient community by its nature, right? Most of you are not here for a very long time. And so there can be this sense of being unsettled. When you're in this season of your life where you don't know what's coming next, but you know a transition is coming. And so there can be this sense of being unsettled in that. For you to abide is an invitation to find rest, to find stability, to find peace in Christ, to make your home in him. And to know that you can trust him with that even when the future isn't clear to you. To abide can also mean to continue to be present In other words, not just stuck in the past, caught up in guilt and regret, not just anxious about the future, caught up in worry and fear, but to be present here now. To be present here now, to abide for you is an invitation to surrender the past to his grace, to surrender the future to his wisdom, and to be in the here and the now. We are not good at being present. As I shared with some of you yesterday morning, this thing right here, this promises to take me anywhere I want to go in the world at any moment. And what it does when I lean into that is it actually steals me away from the one place where I physically am. It's really hard for us to stay present. But to abide is this invitation to lean into that. It's not an invitation to come into the presence of God. Worship doesn't bring us into the presence of God. Prayer doesn't bring us into the presence of God. The presence of God is all around us. And as believers filled with the Holy Spirit, the presence of God himself dwells within us. So it's not about entering into his presence. It's about being present to him. It's about being awake and aware of his presence and that's what abiding 
invites us into but there's one last definition of abiding and it's this it's not just to remain in place but it's to be held in place i think this is where we need to be this morning to be held in place to be kept continually in place to abide is an invitation to be held and i just lost about half of the room with that statement right because some of you there's this thing that goes off in your mind that you're too cool and you're too strong for that okay and I understand that and I get that and if that's you this morning then let me just give you this small encouragement uh too bad get over it and you are not that strong and you are not that cool And I know it hurts to hear that from a middle-aged man with gray hair in a Mr. Rogers sweater, okay? (laughs) But you're not that cool. You need this. And if you're feeling resistance to it, then that's a sign that you need it more than you think. To be held in place. We need to hear this this morning. Fruit doesn't come Fruit doesn't come from me figuring out the right formula, from me striving to create fruit for him, from me behaving according to rules and moral expectations, from earning acceptance, from trying to gain grace, from living up to the potential that someone somewhere once said they saw in me. It doesn't come from any of that. Fruit comes from being held in place, from abiding in the vine. The fruit comes from remaining. The way that a vine and fruit works is the branch doesn't draw life out of the vine. The vine pushes life into the branch. It's not the straining and the striving. It's the receiving and the abiding hear this Jesus talks very bluntly about fruit and says that there will be abundant fruit in your life and this is to his father's glory and this will show that we are his disciples and he speaks very plainly about that about the fruit that he wants to see produced in our lives but you have to get this fruit is not his goal for you The fruit is not his goal. Abiding is the goal. And the fruit comes from that. The fruit is produced from that. Fruit is the result. Fruit is the byproduct of abiding. It's not his goal for you to bear fruit. It's his goal for you to abide. His dream for you is not what you can accomplish and create and achieve. His goal for you is that you would have life full and abundant. Abiding in the vine, producing fruit in your life in season after season after season. Transformed by grace, this lifelong journey to know that you are daughters and sons of God that you are being held in place by him. St. Teresa of Avila was 
a, a teacher of another generation. And here's what she has to say about this. I want to pray this over you this morning. This is my prayer for you today. May you be content in knowing that you are a child of God. There's so much anxiety. We're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about anxiety. We're going to talk about wrestling with God, struggling with God. We're going to talk about journeying through that dark night. Many of you are there now. Many of you will be there at some point in your life. We're going to talk about what it looks like to deconstruct faith and some of the journey that you are going through in that. That's where we're going to be tonight. And I encourage you and challenge you to come and to lean into that. There's so much anxiety. But the Holy Spirit is speaking this truth to you today. May you be content in knowing that you are a child of God. Let this presence settle into your bones. What a statement. And allow your soul the freedom to sing, to dance, to praise, and to love. It is there for each and every one of us. It is there for each and every one of us. In our congregation, about 30 to 40% of our church is made up of college students. And I absolutely love college students. It's been so fun to get to be here with you. Yeah, give yourselves a hand. Somebody said woo for college students. All right. I absolutely love college students. And uh, repeatedly, I will sit across the table from a student and we're getting coffee and they're sharing what's going on in their lives. And over and over again, they will come to me and they will say, I don't know what's going on right now in my faith. I don't know what's happening in my relationship with Jesus. I can look back on my life and I can see these times where my relationship with him was bearing so much fruit. I was experiencing it. I was seeing it. I was sensing it. And I knew it was real and I knew it was true. And there was so much fruit that I can look back on and point to but now I'm in this stage where I'm not feeling any of the fruit at all. I'm not seeing any of it. It feels dead, and I don't know what to do about that. What is going on in my life? Anybody ever been in that spot before? Amen. And I will look back to them, and I will say, you mean like seasons? You mean like the way God created nature to work? You mean like the whole world around us is speaking to us this truth about these rhythms of our lives that we go through? There are seasons in your life. Listen to me, grasp this. Not every season of your life is harvest. Not every season of your life is harvest. And even as I use the word fruit and abiding in the vine for you, you feel like it's undercutting and it's discouraging because you don't see the fruit in your life. Do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. There are things happening beneath the surface that you can't even see right now. There is growth that he is cultivating in you. And even in this time of winter, he is preparing for the next spring. The fruit will come again. 
There will be another season of growth. Here's what I say to our college students and to our church over and over again. Don't burn down the orchard in winter. Don't burn down the orchard in winter. Spring is coming. There is another season of fruit. And what God wants for you is not quick, fast, sensational fruit. He wants for you to abide. That's his goal. And he will cultivate fruit. And he will bring another season of harvest. But what he wants for you is fruit that will last in season after season after season. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you. You are the true vine. Thank you for the life that we have in you. Thank you for the fruit that we have seen and the fruit that we will see again. And even for those who are in winter, I pray that they would trust you. That they would continue in that slow work of abiding. And that they would trust that yes, the fruit will come. And yes, you want to see fruit in our lives, but fruit isn't the goal. Abiding is. And the fruit will come from that. In the name of the Father who is the gardener. In the name of the Son who is the true vine. And in the name of the Holy Spirit who brings about the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Amen.